we are in Revelation 11. The first thing that happens is uh, an angel gives a measuring rod or a reed like a measuring rod to John and says, go and measure God's sanctuary and the altar and count those who worship there. And then he doesn't, or at least he doesn't right here. And we don't hear anything about the measurements. We hear some of the day counts. And if I had more time this morning, which I don't, uh, I would go and look that up and see where that ties into uh, either in Daniel or maybe in uh, Exodus, Deuteronomy with the, the measurements of the temple and see if there's anything in there that ties into this because that doesn't make sense. It's, he commands it and gives him a thing and then he keeps talking and then and then he talks about these these lampstands before the Lord, these olive trees, these two witnesses. These two witnesses are terrifying. Um, if anyone wants to harm them, fire comes out of their mouths and consumes them. They have the power to close up the sky so it doesn't rain, the power over water to turn it into blood and to strike the earth with plagues whenever they want. I don't know what message they're teaching, but what they can do and what they do with that power is terrifying. And when they finish their testimony about, uh, when they finish their testimony, I assume that testimony about God, uh, then the beast out of the pit, out of the abyss, will make war on them and kill them. So this abyss, the abyss, the uh, the beast here is referring to um, the star that fell. So the third trumpet, which then comes back as fifth trumpet, he opens the abyss, and these these crazy creatures come out, and they, um, the angel of the abyss that they follow is this one. His name is uh, Ab Abaddon, or Apollyon, which is destroyer. <clears throat> and then, um, and then I think he's also in charge of these other ones that the four angels release. It's crazy. And so, we've got this crazy battle going on, and when they kill these two witnesses, they are just left there. And people from all over the earth come and look at the dead bodies to confirm that they're dead because they have caused so much pain and suffering on the world. And they start celebrating, giving each other gifts because the two prophets tormented those who lived on the earth. After three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them and they stood on their feet and great fear fell on all of those around them. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying, come up here. And then they go up to heaven in a cloud. And everybody is watching. And then there's an earthquake. And the survivors are terrified and give glory to the God of heaven. I think that's really significant because a lot of these other places we see that they don't repent. Their hearts are hard. They don't get it. They don't understand. They don't want to understand. But here, in the midst of all this craziness... The survivors were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. And that, I think, is the purpose of a lot of this, is that God is trying to say, hey, I have a plan, and I'm, and I'm coming, and it matters, and you need to, the way you live your life matters. You need to turn your lives to me. You need to repent. You need to humble yourself before the God of heaven. And so often we don't do that. And this is the second, the second woe has passed. And that second woe is 
goes all the way back to the sixth trumpet. So the first, let's see, at the end of the fourth trumpet, the, the eagle says, woe, woe, woe to those who live on the earth. And the three, because of the three angels that are about to sound their trumpets, so there's three woes coming. Fifth trumpet blows, and uh, the first woe has passed uh, in verse 12. And then we don't hear about the woes again past the sixth trumpet, the mighty angel with the scroll, until the end of the witnesses and the witnesses being killed and resurrected and going and going up to heaven in a cloud, then the second woe has passed. The third woe is coming. Then the seventh trumpet is blown. This has been, we've had a pretty big break between uh, trumpet six and trumpet seven. And there's a loud voice in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. And then all the 24 elders fall down, <clears throat> and they say, We thank you, Lord God, the Almighty, who is and who was, and you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. The nations were angry, but your wrath has come. The time has come for the dead to be judged and to give the rewards to your servants, the prophets, the saints, and to those who fear your name both small and great. And the time has come to destroy those who destroy the earth. And I think that's significant because we, man, we destroy this earth. We destroy each other. And time is coming for uh, judgment. People say that, well, how could a loving God fill in the blank? He is loving. But there is an end to that mercy and grace and patience eventually there is justice and we don't know when that is it's best that we repent and humble ourselves now <laughs> uh, and I get a picture of that with my kids all the time that there is grace and there is uh, there is a time where I will give them second chances and I will let them uh, continually rebel and mess up but at some point I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to put you in the car and buckle up because we have to go. And God doesn't do it quite so trivially as that. But there is an end to his grace. And there's an end where the justice is final. And we, we, the people on earth, need to recognize that this is not our earth. This is his earth. And the time is coming where he will destroy those who destroy the earth. Those who did not honor his name. So let us humble ourselves and call out to him, ask him for patience as we spread the word of his kingdom, as his witnesses did apparently, and as, as the prophets did before them, and let people know that there is a God in heaven and he cares deeply about this planet and about the people on it.